All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for On The Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download the new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy as we welcome in the king of Bonton Bakery, Mark Spector. <laughs> how you doing, Spec? Oh, we're doing okay. I wish I would have learned how to do some bacon there. All I learned how, how to do when I worked there was how to sweep. Well, I thought you said you were cleaning the silver bowls, too. Yeah, yeah. Should, at least I could have become a curler after my uh, experience there, but that didn't even work out. Funny well. story. I, I didn't know you worked there, Spec. I uh, I got engaged to my wife there when I was playing ball. At Bonton at Bonton, Bakery. at Bonton. Got on a knee at Bonton. Oh, man. Why do you? Why does a guy propose to his wife at a bakery? Uh, you know, she had this uh, <laughs> this vision of um, you know the glass cases and a nice bakery with all the the pastries on the shelves, and you know she she has the the vision that I don't have. So I just looked up best bakeries in Edmonton, and uh, <laughs> brought me to Bonton. <laughs> I don't know what to say, Spec. What do you? I don't even know how to react to that. Wow. I mean, well, I guess it's, I guess it's better than a brewery. I'm not sure. Uh, hey, listen, whatever works. Are you got? Are you still married? Eight, eight uh, years later, strong. So okay, I did something well, right. It was a good idea. Exactly. <laughs> Gee, I, I, I'll tell you what. When I got into broadcasting in 1990, never did I think 33 years later we'd be talking about. A guy that used to work at Bonton Bakery sweeping the floor and a guy that got down on the floor <laughs> on one knee and proposed to his fiance. <laughs> Long weekend Friday. Wow. I don't even know where to go from here, Spec. Do you? How do you segue off of that, buddy? That's why you get paid the big bucks. All right. Uh, well, talking about a sweep. Uh, <laughs> um, last game. We, and you know what? I kind of... Every day we've had you on spec for two and a half weeks. We talk about the same stuff, I guess, with Oilers. And it's been almost, its I wouldn't say it's like non, it's not a big, big deal because camp is a big deal. But I guess we're finally here at the point where now we can really look forward to next week. But um, in my mind, as we said off the top, the bigger stories now are just the health of Matthias Ekholm. Is he going to be ready? Uh, um, Ryan McLeod skated yesterday, so hopefully he's ready for Wednesday. So... Um, are you ready for Wednesday? How's that sound? Oh, I'm, I am so ready for Wednesday. You know what? I was talking to Ken Hall, and we got off the elevator going up the press box the other day, and I said, man, you must have watched like two seasons worth of uh, preseason games in mm-hmm. your lifetime. And he said, well, he said, we used to play nine games, but he said 25 years, eight games a year, that's 200 games. So he says, I watched almost three seasons worth of preseason games mm. in my time. Oh. <laughs> I think I'm I'm closing in on two, so uh, you know it's different even now. Like uh, years ago, guys did get in shape, and, and the big players did need five or six games. But now, there's absolutely no reason. Connor McDavid is happy with three. Mm-hmm. You know, there's two jobs on this team, and that's it. Like there's there's absolutely no reason to have eight games in terms of player preparation. Those days are long gone. So now it's just about revenue. And uh, to be honest, I'd be happy if they took two or three of them and turn them into regular season games myself. Yeah, well, it's almost like what the CFL did. They used to have four, right? Four preseason yeah. games. They said, what are we doing here? Yeah. Let's make too much. You know, because went, then they went from 16 to 18 games. 
That's a smart way. There you go. What do you think, Eddie? Yeah, it's right bang on. I mean, you're making the revenue because it's preseason, but you get you change it to a regular season game, and uh, you're going to make that revenue still, but it's a game of importance because at the end of the day, uh, the players, we all know this. I'm just going to say what the elephant in the room is, especially for a Connor McDavid. Players, he's, they're done with preseason. They don't want anything to do with preseason. Get a couple tune-up games, and then let's play some games that matter. Uh, for sure. Uh, Kevin Carries, Eddie Steele, Mark Spector on the mark. Sports 1440-806 in Edmonton. Having said that, Spector, do you get an inkling? Do you have an inkling who we might see tonight in the final preseason game? Well, an inkling. You hope you see McLeod, for one. That would be a very good sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Ekholm. You're going to see Jack Campbell get 60 minutes. And for and for Jack Campbell, it's, uh, you know what, two in a row might be good luck. Uh, three awesome starts in a row tells you that we got something here, right? Yeah. So I think it's an important night for Jack Campbell to keep a roll going right through preseason and take it into the regular season. So it's an important game for him. Uh, I doubt McDavid plays. I'm not sure even Drysaddle plays. I think we're at the point where if I'm the coach and my guys are ready, all that can happen now is to get hurt. So I sit them both. If, if, they're, if they're happy to sit and they don't want the game, I'm sitting both those guys. Seattle should come with a good lineup mm-hmm. because they've got some a couple jobs up for grabs there. But uh, you know what else? It's the same old story. We're talking about Lavoie and Peterson. We're not going to talk about these two guys this much all season <laughs> long, right? Yeah. But we've been harping on them for two weeks because it's the only job left at camp that really matters. So I guess we'll watch them play tonight too. And that would have changed if Brandon Sutter had still been here. My point. If he was here and healthy, we wouldn't be talking about Peterson. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, that's for sure. So, hey, plan B's afoot. Uh, Maybe Yanmark becomes your center. Maybe Lavoie makes the team. Maybe Mm -hmm. Peterson hangs around. I guess that's what we're going to find out. We'll find out this weekend. Yeah. Frankly, they'll make their cuts. Monday's the day you got to come down to your roster, and it's a wild day on waivers. So uh, let's see what happens. Hey, Speck, do you have any uh, insight into Ekholm at all in in terms of when he might be back? Uh, no, I do not. I wish I did. Uh, I do not. Nope. He's got a hip injury. They're t- uh, Woodcroft said he expected him about three or four days ago, said he expected him to play on opening night. So we'll take him at his word. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the number one concern for me moving yeah. forward here. Right. Um, because I, I don't think he needs – And I, I, I'm on your kind of side, Eddie, when if you compare – the NFL, look at some guys, they play four preseason games. Some guys don't even play at all. Some guys play four snaps. Four, that's it. So, I mean, I don't know if Ekholm needs any time at all. I don't mm-hmm. think he does. That's, that would be my opinion. Um, I think he could transition into being a very effective player if he's healthy 100%. But I think the main key here is that if this is an 85 or 90% uh, where you're at, don't bother even getting in here no. to start. And he's a pro's pro. And if you're a pro's pro and a veteran, you know how to carry yourself. You know how to stay in shape. You know what to do to be prepared to play. That's why you're a pro. Uh, hey, Speck, anything on – it's funny. We were always talking about um, Oilers East with the New York Rangers with all the players that uh, ended up with the Rangers. Uh, now it's kind of like in Seattle. They got like five former Oilers I mean, Devin Shore was placed on waivers, but, I mean, this is kind of a landing spot for a lot of guys. Uh, what do you make of that? Yeah, I know. I mean, it starts when Adam Larson yeah. goes there. Um, you know, and sure, then Yamamoto Ab- ends up there, which is 
kind of a natural fit. Of course, Ebbs is there, and now Dave Tippett ends up there, which I think we <laughs> probably could see coming because he was with Se- Seattle before he came to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. And they're in division. Usually when these things happen, it's a team across the country. Yes. It's a team over on the other side. So, uh, you know, it'll be fun when those guys come to town. But who doesn't want to see Eberle come to town a couple times a year, right? He's still a good old oiler. Yeah. And Adam Larson, you know, talk about respect. Like, mm-hmm. you'd have him on your team every day. It's mm-hmm. funny. It, you know, when they made the Taylor Hall trade, everybody hated it because they love Taylor Hall, and I get that. Uh, but at this point in time, you look at Adam Larson and you say, man, there's a solid, solid defenseman you sure wouldn't mind still having around. When he left via free agency, it threw a wrench into Ken Holland's day, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. That surprised me, too. Did it surprise you that he left? Well, I mean, yes and no. We knew the reason that he left. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a personal reason that we've reported it, that mm-hmm. you know his father passed away suddenly on a visit to Edmonton. His mother basically said, I hate coming to Edmonton because it just reminds me mm-hmm. of, you know, our, our my husband who mm-hmm. who died here, and that's the way it is. Like anyone who's had a loss in their family can relate to that, Absolutely. right? It's just is that was the reason that he left. He told me so. So yeah, uh, he didn't leave Edmonton because he didn't like it here. He didn't leave Edmonton because he didn't think they could win here. He left Edmonton for a fresh start for him and his family. I get it, and uh, you know what? He's he's coming a pillar of that franchise and sells pretty good team. For sure. So, Speck, if you were to say right now, and it's funny, everyone was talking about analytics and projections and things like that, and then the Blue Jays go that route, and everyone goes, what are you guys doing? There's no feel in the game. <laughs> it's it's hilarious, isn't it? Um, but this kind of doesn't fall into that category. But if you had a, an, a chance to kind of say who you thought is going to come out of the Pacific Division, I mean, I think everyone says the Oilers are going to come out. Everyone says that Vegas is going to come out as uh, defending Stanley Cup champions. Who do you see kind of making that other move for, for spot number three or even four? Well, I think the Flames are going to be better than everyone's giving them credit for. Uh, I think Daryl Sutter moving on uh, will, will you know, there's a lot of guys didn't like playing for Daryl Sutter, mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you. So that, that's just a fact. And generally when you get a loose atmosphere and a little bit more fun, there's it, it sets the stage for a bounce back. It starts with the goalie. For me, Markstrom's not going to be that bad two years in a row. I think he'll bounce back and the team will bounce back around him. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if Calgary finished second or third in the division, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Seattle. They're pesky. You know what? They're they're getting better every year. They're going to press. So uh, and, and when I talk about Vegas, I'm going to say to you that is Aiden Hill – was Aiden Hill able to carry the team for – 12 games in the playoffs that he played or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Is he a number one for 82 games of a season? I'm not so sure. So, you know what? Let's figure that out too. I think there's a mix. And let me finish on this. If this is the Oilers Stanley Cup year, if this is the time that they're ready, if it's cup or bust, you prove it in the regular season. There's If this team can't win a division this year, then I'm not sure. You know, I'm not saying you couldn't finish second and go to the cup mm-hmm. because you could. But I think the first sign that this is a Stanley Cup team will be seen when they win their division this year. I think that's something that they want to prove to themselves. I think it's something they'll do. 
I agree totally with that spec because it, it gets to a certain point where it's like, let's just go out and show it. They know that they're the big dogs, so let's yeah. prove it throughout the regular season. Enough of the – and, you know, they, they'll they probably win, you know, hopefully 50-plus games, but enough of the uh, mediocre play. Let's come out, beat the teams we should beat, play the dominant style of play. I know long season, 82 games, can't do it every game, but you need to show and you need to prove to the league and to your yourselves that you are that dominant team and you've gotten over this hill yeah they were 109 point team last year so that's pretty good mm-hmm. right 109 points is pretty good but i think you need to be that 112 113 point team that that uh, wins your division that's all there is to it i think you got to handle las vegas when you play them because that's your you know that's the team that you got to prove to yourself you can beat them every night and they've done great with vegas in regular season they just didn't in the playoffs so uh, I, I don't see a contender in the in the Pacific Division that's that the Edmonton Oilers mm-hmm. will say, oh man, that I'm not sure we can beat those guys. They can beat every team. They beat Calgary for fun. They'll beat Vancouver more often than not, in my opinion. And th- listen, the division is theirs. It's time for them to go out and take it. I think that they need to get a hatred on for Vegas. I mean, you have an opportunity here with someone in your division that took you out. Um, it wasn't that scenario with Colorado you have someone uh, with a chance in your division to look at them and go you took us out this last or last year um, you know Colorado being uh, the year prior but not in your division so you have a chance to make a statement with your division not only that but you have the Alex Petrangelo uh, whack on Leon yes. Dreisaitl uh, you have um, a couple other instances where you have to maybe send a message to this team mm-hmm. and say we're not going to be bullied around this division anymore. I mean, it's time. This is our division. That's my my point of view going forward. So I don't know if you agree on that spec or whatever. But well, I, I don't think you get sidelined with with retribution for one. Uh, sure, you get a shot at Petrangelo, you hammer him, but you were always going to do that, right? I'm not saying illegally. I'm saying he's their best defenseman, and the game plan's always the same. You beat on their best defenseman every chance you get. They're doing that to you. Okay. So to me, it's about it's about walking in their building and beating them, and then when they come to your town, beating them again. It's about showing Vegas that we're a better team than you. That's all there is to okay, it. Okay, well, I'm I, better. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just go then, okay, maybe it's not on Petrangelo. Maybe Darnell Nurse gives Jack Eichel a massive cross-check or whatever, just something not, not <laughs> suspendable, nothing suspendable, but a good, good shot. I think that that's what has to happen here. That's that's just, I guess, old-school carious talking. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like Melville versus Yorkton in the SJHL. <laughs> that's how it used to be. That's how it used to be. <laughs> Clear the bench. Uh, I'll tell you that one story. I can't say it on the air because there were some law officials involved. So I'll tell you that one later, Spec. Uh, hey, thanks for doing this, Spec. Uh, do you? Uh, hey, another great weekend. Are you going to head out? To, you might as well head out to the lake for one more weekend. No. Think. supposed to be 21, 22 degrees. If I could find a golf course that's still open, I might even play it on Sunday. There's lots yeah, open I don't know still. If anybody's open out there. Hey, Everyone's open uh, still. There's some wood calling your name, Speck. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That'll be. No, no, no. I'll wait, wait till November when it's a little colder. Bring out the chainsaw. That was my hockey mask and walk into the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Jason, eh? Jason, Friday the 13th. That that was Photoshop spec. We all know that. Yeah, yeah, never mind. Come up for a fire sometime. You'll find out. (laughs) Okay, thanks, buddy. We'll see you. uh, I'm coming down to the game tonight. We'll see you down there.
All right, I'll see you there. Okay, take care, Spec. Have a great weekend. That was uh, On The Mark, energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice. When we come back, NBC Sports Philadelphia's Jordan Hall on the Kevin Carey Show with co-host Eddie Steele, Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carey is Eddie Steele, 822 in Edmonton. Text coming in to 1-833-401-1440. From the J-Dog, ha-ha, engaged at a bakery. Such... An old line man move, <laughs> beauty move. Hey, I mean, at, I did walk out of there with some treats and pastries. <laughs> so it so, is kind of an old line, a hoggy move. In, in case you missed it, Eddie proposed to his now wife Stephanie at Bonton Bakery. How many years ago? Eight. Eight. Yeah, eight. Actually, uh, just recently, it would have been um, late September is when it happened. And actually, it was what a time uh, in my life because it just got engaged. Ed Hervey just gave me a new contract, yeah. got paid a little bit of cash, on route to winning a great cup. It was, uh, it was a wonderful time in my life. Man, and plus you're getting free... Loaf of bread uh, now. Uh, every bread, is it cake, once a week. Treats. You get whenever. Whenever. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm going into Bonton today, and we're going to get a new advertiser I, I was here. Just for, gonna, we need for, to get a sponsorship. I mean, this. Guy, <laughs> I, I I've been in there lots because it's right by our house too. Yeah, so yeah, I'm going in today and talking to the dude. I'm with you. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, let's welcome in uh, Jordan Hall from NBC Sports uh, Philadelphia to Sports 1440. Uh, morning, uh, uh, Jordan. How are you today? And uh, welcome to the. Kevin Carey show on Sports 1440 with Eddie Steele. Uh, how are things going in Philly? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Well, you know, we have Frank Saravalli on every Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yesterday, he said Philadelphia is by far the best sports town in North America. Maybe the world, even, Frank said. you got to be just over the moon to be covering stuff in Philly. Absolutely. it's The fans are on a different level. So good or bad, they're invested. They care. So there's constant interest. And uh, right now with the Phillies and the Eagles, uh, the Sixers getting ready to get started. Same mm-hmm. with the Flyers. Uh, the city's definitely a buzz. And it's a fun it's a fun town to be a reporter in, that's for sure. So I know Flyers is your main beat. But can you kind of just speak to what it's like uh, with the Phillies right now? I mean, uh, Frank said he was at game number one on Tuesday. And I mean, now uh, they're going to be playing Atlanta in uh, the uh, NLDS. So it just it's got to be off the charts. And again, you mentioned the Eagles uh, flying high. Um, just what's the atmosphere like there? When expectations are high in Philadelphia, there's nothing really like it. And I'm telling you, expectations are crazy high for the Phillies and the Eagles. And that's because both those teams lost in their respective championships last year. So I think fans genuinely feel it's championship or bust. They believe the Phillies can win the World Series this time and that the Eagles can maybe go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. (laughs) But no, they will probably lose a game (laughs) or two. But I think fans have that expectation. Uh, even when they win by double digits, sometimes the fans are frustrated with the Eagles not running the ball or maybe the defense not looking looking sharp. So, yeah, the city is definitely a buzz. Uh, there's a different feel to it right now, especially with the other two teams, Sixers and Flyers, getting ready to get started and uh, fall in the air. So it's a fun time in Philadelphia. 
Jordan, this is Eddie Steele here on the Kevin Carrier Show, co-hosting. Uh, I want to talk about the Eagles here really briefly and just talk about their quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Uh, is he everything that he seems to be in the city? Is he going to be the that face of the franchise, the guy who is everything that the Eagles crave to be in terms of getting them to the Super Bowl and winning that championship? I think he is, and that's not just because of his growth as a quarterback. Now he's much more of a passer, and then obviously, of course, one of his best skill sets is getting outside the pocket and running. But his mentality, his mindset just personifies the city of Philadelphia. He is driven. He's never satisfied. He fuels off failure. There was even um, an instance where somehow the, the background on his phone got captured, and it's a picture of him walking off the field last year with Chiefs confetti raining down on his face. So he made the background of his phone a picture of him failing. So, yeah, he's unique. He's different. And I think he just really blends well with the city of Philadelphia. So I think he very much is the franchise quarterback. And I think Philadelphia believes he can win a Super Bowl here, if not one, maybe more. Jordan Halls, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Uh, Jordan reports mostly the Flyers for NBC Sports uh, Philadelphia. So how do the Flyers kind of close the gap to all the other teams in Philly? Uh, Because the Eagles, as you mentioned, the Phillies are doing so well. The Flyers have had a great history. They've been, you know, they've won championships. But how do they get kind of back to where they were uh, and close that gap to kind of get up there with the other sports teams in Philadelphia? They are very much fourth fiddle in the city, and it's not close. Uh, Just the interest in the team is not there because it's twofold. The other three teams have done very well. They have superstar talent, and then the Flyers are going through a rebuild. And I think the good thing is they're embracing the rebuild. They're embracing that term, what it might take. They're stressing patience. They're not sugarcoating things anymore. And I think two big things happened this offseason. They got – people in-house that are beloved in the city, that have played in the city and know what it takes and know what the city wants. And that's Danny Breer at GM and Keith Jones, Mm -hmm. president of hockey operations, two guys that fans adore. They were very good players, beloved people here uh, on and off the ice. So now they have new leadership. And I think very much it's the honeymoon stage. Mm -hmm. They can't really do anything wrong just yet. It'll be interesting when they start – playing the games and maybe some tough times happen, how the city reacts to those two making decisions when the times aren't so pretty. But I think they have good people in house. And I think it starts there. People that understand what needs to be done to get the flyers back on track. Uh, They're admitting it won't uh, happen right away that it could take time, but at least that's the start. Jordan Hall, NBC sports, Philadelphia guesting with the carries and steel on sports 1440. What has Daniel Breer meant to the franchise uh, coming in? And also, I guess, Keith Jones, to that extent, we've seen Keith do, you know, years and years of broadcasting and on the panel uh, with, you know, you know, various uh, stations and, and networks. But what have those two kind of meant coming into this organization to try to right the ship? I think the biggest thing is they care about the fans. And I'm not saying the previous regime didn't care about the fans, but fan interest was just almost completely lost. I don't remember a time where the fans were this frustrated and lost with the team. And then they get two guys in Danny Breer and Keith Jones who are putting a serious interest on fans, valuing their insight, understanding maybe what they want. Uh, they're listening to them. 
They're going back to some of the old school things they did in the past that the fans really valued and that maybe the organization got away from a little bit. So I think that's been huge is understanding the fans and under and making sure those fans know they are valued and their insight is appreciated. Uh, and then I think the, the really another big thing is is rebuilding and uh, Danny Breer going about it the right way. He made significant subtractions this all season. I thought he showed fans that he's willing to make some tough decisions. He's willing to maybe take a step back in order for the team to go forward in the future. So they're embracing some youth and and some rebuilding type of decisions, which had not really been happening quite yet until his arrival. So that's been important. And uh, and I think one of the uh, other crucial things is they want to be in this situation. Uh, they're beloved former Flyers. And when you take on these positions, sometimes you risk uh, your legacy being tarnished. And they've been willing to, to take on these positions that are not the most glamorous right now. Uh, so they want to do it. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Jordan, can you give our uh, audience just a quick insight into how Carter Hart has looked throughout training camp, throughout the preseason, him being the local boy from the Edmonton area? He's looked good. He, he played two full preseason games, and that's all he needed as a tune-up uh, was two full games. And he looked fine. He looked sharp <laughs> in the first game. He probably faced three to four odd-man rushes. The Flyers just didn't look very sharp in front of him. They had some younger guys in there. Uh, I think that's maybe the reality of the preseason, that the hockey's not very structured. And he and he handled it well. So uh, all signs point to Hart being ready. He feels good. He's healthy. Uh, and he's 25 now, and he's in a contract year. He's due a new contract mm-hmm. after this mm-hmm. season. So I think there's some motivation there. And, uh, and a big season for him because – there were some trade buzz around him in the offseason. Uh, that's what happens when a team rebuilds. You you start looking at your best assets as possibly uh, guys that can get you things in return. The Flyers still view him as the future, but we'll see where this season goes. Can he can he go to another level and show he, he's the goalie now and also maybe three years from now? Uh, that will be the big thing for Carter Hart. Jordan Hall, NBC Sports Philadelphia, guesting with Carrie Steele, Sports 1440. Jordan, where are the Flyers at with uh, Sean Couturier? He works so hard, so hard to kind of get back. Uh, is he ready to roll? Uh, where are the Flyers at with uh, their longtime veteran? He is ready to roll. He said his body surprisingly has felt really good through the preseason and training camp. And that, he and again, he admitted that was a surprise. Uh, John Tortorella skates them almost into the ground. And he said his body has responded well. And that's coming off of two back surgeries and being mm-hmm. out since December 2021. Oh. So I think the overwhelming positive is his body has felt good. And he played four preseason games. And I thought he looked sharper and sharper with each game. I don't think his defensive awareness and his defensive prowess is going to go anywhere. I think that's going to come back. I think the biggest thing will be watching how how quickly he can get his timing down offensively, uh, You know, execute plays, and start putting up some points. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he is healthy and believes he is ready to go for opening night is the overwhelming uh, positive for the Flyers, and they've missed him. You know, that is a Selkie Trophy winner, uh, a first-line center, and if you miss that guy for oh. a year and a half, suddenly you bought him out and a rebuild looks a little more daunting. For sure. Uh, can you uh, update our listeners on uh, Ryan Ellis, the uh, defenseman? Where is he at right now? Unfortunately, it's looking like his injury could be career-threatening. They're not sure if he's ever going to play again. Uh, We learned that at the start of last season, uh, general manager Chuck Fletcher, uh, previous general manager, 
admitted that this was career threatening. It's a multi-complex injury in his core area. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it basically incorporates everything in that area. Uh, he has not been on the ice. He hasn't been skating. And it's a shame because I think this is a guy that Philly really would have wrapped his arms around the yeah. way he plays. He's a smaller defenseman, uh, hard-nosed guy, effort-based, and uh, and just unfortunately has played only four games here. And there's real serious concern that he'll never play again. Uh, was there ever any thought that, that that he might be able to to make a return? Or I mean, we've all heard about the injury and things like that, but I mean, there was always hope, I guess that's what I'm saying. There was. The summer before last season, he, he talked about finally figuring out what he was dealing with and that there was a plan for his rehab, and he was shooting for opening night last season. Uh, but the rehab was going to ramp up in around July. That's where the on-ice stuff was going to happen. And things apparently just did not go well. The body did not react well to it. Um, the healing did not occur. Uh, and then ever since then, he hasn't been skating, and it's and it's looked like this could, unfortunately, end his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, a real shame because again, I really oh. think Philadelphia would have enjoyed him. Yeah, for sure, uh, Jordan. You had an article up on um, uh, NBC Sports Philly, and I've heard the name both ways: Tyson Forster and Tyson Ferster. Uh, How's the pronunciation go? Yes, it's Tyson Forrester. Forrester, okay. So can you kind of uh, explain where he's at uh, trying to make uh, this roster as a young, young player? He didn't have the best camp from an offensive standpoint. He didn't score a goal, and that's his biggest strength. He had two assists. But John Tortorella last night admitted he was very pleased with his two-way game, his details, his checking. Um, So he's pushing to make the roster, and I think he has a very good chance. A big reason I think he has a very good chance is he came up last year and completely won over Tortorella in an eight-game audition. The kid looked like the real deal. He showed off his shot. Already at 21, uh, people believe he has the best shot in the organization. And uh, The Flyers have desperately needed shoot-first wingers. They just have not had goal scorers in their organization for a long time. So he could fill a glaring, glaring need in the rebuild. So the Flyers believe he could be a face to this thing, and it could start on opening night. So. Mm-hmm. Not the best camp offensively, but potential is still very high, and I think there's a good chance he'll crack the roster in the lineup come October 12th. That'd be a big, big get for sure. Um, text coming in to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty for um, our uh, contributor today, Jordan Hall from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Will York be running the Flyers power play? Can you comment on that? He will, and the Flyers, okay. I think, purposefully built their offseason around trying to get Cam York top pair power play responsibility. They very much believe he is the future. He's 22 years old. Uh, they think he's a long-term answer on the back end. And what they did in the offseason was trade Ivan Provorov. They bought out Tony D'Angelo. And those were two guys that played on their top pair for part of the season. And Tony D'Angelo quarterbacked their power play. So they purposefully opened a role for Cam York to, to take much more on his plate. Uh, so this will be a big year for him to show that he can play big minutes, quarterback their power play, and, and really show that he's a, an answer to their uh, to their future. So there's high expectations for Cam York, and he's a good mm-hmm. kid. Big-time puck mover, can put up points. Uh, so we're going to see where it goes with Cam York, and I think they're high on uh, the 22-year-old. Hey, uh, Jordan, thanks for all your insight. Uh, very well received here. Uh, you know, whenever we have Frank Saravalli on, he's either going to the Phillies games or the Eagles games. Do you get a chance to go to these games and, and check things out, the Philadelphia sports scene? I do. So I'm fortunate. My brother is actually the director of team travel for the Phillies. 
I am very lucky. My family is very lucky. So we're able to go to games quite frequently. And we were, we were at game one, uh, oh. fortunate enough, and uh, saw great games. So uh, big Phillies family here and uh, enjoy and, and definitely am enjoying the playoff run and hope they go far. Well, what do you think of that series? Just give us a quick comment setting it up here. So I think a lot of people believe that the Phillies can get one in Atlanta, that okay. the Braves would be in trouble coming to Philadelphia. It, it was crazy. But last year, as the defending champs, the Braves actually looked – a little rattled in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just how much that home field advantage can do for the Phillies. So the Phillies fans are pretty confident. They, they believe the, the Braves should be worried, but Atlanta is very good. I think they won 103, 104 games. Uh, so I think the series will really be dictated in Atlanta how how, how those opening games shape up. Yeah, Game three, not till, uh, I guess, next Wednesday, correct, in Philly? Yes, yeah, and so. uh, I think Philly's already ready for it. I think they're almost <laughs> in the bypass for the first two games and just started here in Philly. Yeah, well, would you have to start tailgating on Monday for a Wednesday game, or how does that work? Oh, absolutely. And <laughs> Eagles fans are – I use the work in our newsroom, which is connected to the Wells Fargo Center uh, right across the street from the link. Yeah. And, I mean, a 4 o'clock Eagles game, fans are down here at 9 a.m., and you're struggling to get into the lots. Uh, they are – one of a kind, truly. Uh, it's it's really like a party atmosphere down here. So tailgating, big thing, because all the facilities are in one complex with huge parking lots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fans really soak that up. Ah, man. We got to get down there. Me and Eddie are coming. Can we stay over at your place? Yeah, you're welcome to come. I have a spot <laughs> here for you, so just let me know. Whenever you're ready, uh, we'll get you settled down here. All just right. don't wear a visitor's jersey. Yeah. Oh, no, man. do not do that. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for doing this, Jordan. Uh, talk soon, uh, and uh, we really appreciate your time this morning. Take care. Really appreciate you having me. Thanks for having me, guys. That's uh, Jordan Hall, NBC Sports uh, Philadelphia, on the Kevin Carey Show with co-host Eddie Steele. Uh, man, Eddie, again, we're just... It feels like he just walked in the studio here. The time goes with you, Kevin. Uh, we must be doing something right. I get, well, I mean, between Bonton Bakery and and, <laughs> and tailgating. We're going to do I think we should talk some tailgating when we come back. Uh we'll kind of wrap up uh, Eddie's time with us when we come back on the Kevin Carey show. Sports 1440 right after the break. Oh yes, the power of love Eddie Steele this morning, Bonton Bakery. Uh if you've got a text uh, or a uh, where did you propose to your partner? Send us in, 1-833-401-1440. Can you beat that? The bakery. Can you beat the Bonton Bakery where Eddie Steele proposed to Stephanie eight years ago? Got to be. There's got to be some. I I can't wait to hear some stories. I hope the the listeners out there (laughs) send in some some wild texts. Because as cool as the bakery is, you know, it's not that far-fetched. You know, it's really kind of normal yeah. i guess i i think it's great i mean and then spec comes in right you know he he might have been working at the time at bonton <laughs> who knows uh yeah one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. in case you missed it uh yeah eddie Steele proposed to stephanie uh eight years ago at bonton bakery on 149th and it's just been a the, love affair ever since. The things it? you need to know. Yeah, <laughs> man. What's Stephanie going to say about this when uh, oh, the whole town's it. talking about this yeah, today? She'll love it. She'll uh, love it knowing her. No <laughs> kidding. No kidding. Um, what else uh, did you watch from uh, the Thursday night football game? Did you kind of see, uh, I think it was Chicago felt like a real football team for. Finally. Finally. Yeah, and, finally. And I don't know what it is about. The fact, and they lost a lot of guys last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just hanging on mm-hmm. as far as putting, you know, basically, you know, uh, Roshan Johnson gets hurt early, concussion. Yep. Uh, then Khalil Herbert goes down. Yep. K 
came awkward back. Awkward looking. And came back. Yeah. And then they had to go with the big fullback. I can't remember his name now. Yeah. Uh, and they were missing, I mean, Chase Claypool. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, arguably their number one receiver. But, you know, we know the drama that he brings. And they'll probably be looking to shop him here right away, uh, which is very unfortunate for the Canadian kid because there was so much promise and high expectations. And, you know, he, he was seemingly to be the total package at receiver, mm-hmm. but it's he's going to now be on his going to his third franchise in, what, three years, and that's not good. CFL rights are owned by BC, correct, I yeah, think? Yeah. So will he ever surface up here, or would that take a few more years? Without knowing the guy, just based off uh, seeing what his personality is like through the media, he seems like a guy that wouldn't come up to the no. CFL and play for uh, 100K. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Beer Man texts in, I proposed to my wife at the top of the mountains in Jasper. She was scared of the tram and swore at me all the way up <laughs> <laughs> but then once she found out the reason to be up there it was all good uh dirty dangler i waited 13 years and then did it on top of the i don't know mashu pichu in peru it's no bonton bakery but it'll do oh, it'll do um my in husband peru. and i got engaged at northlands during the canadian derby the debate continues on who asked who that comes from nicole thank you uh man, a lot of well. At least it's not one of those. It could be a situation where you see that a game where someone proposes and then uh, the woman she turns it down. So at least my wife she said yes because it could have been a lot more embarrassing. I'll be honest too. I was nervous, Were Kevin. You? Yeah, I was nervous. I grabbed the wrong hand. <laughs> <laughs> I went to put the ring on the wrong hand <laughs> because there was a crowd around. There was people watching, listening, and once they saw me get down, there was some lovely ladies in there. Oh. So yeah. sweet. Oh, I and mean, I started sweating. I was nervous. Just a big teddy bear, Eddie Steele, for sure. Teddy Eddie. <laughs> oh. Elks tonight in Toronto. That's the early game. Um, five o'clock our time for mm-hmm. the kickoff. Eight o'clock is the big game. Mm-hmm. Uh, BC and Winnipeg, both teams 11 and 4. Do you have do you have a feeling who's going to win this game tonight? Uh, personally, I just want to see. Speaking about the BC game, I want to see BC beat Winnipeg. Um, I'm tired of seeing Winnipeg win. I'm tired yeah. of seeing them being dominant. Uh, there's a fatigue there, and I want to see some some new contenders and new top dogs in the league. And I would love for a BC Toronto Grey Cup. I know everybody's clamoring for a Winnipeg Toronto rematch, mm-hmm. but I think it's great for BC. And if they can uh, come out and win the West. That would be awesome to have uh, some playoff games in BC Place. What on that BC roster kind of turned things around in your mind? Because, uh, man, you know, everyone thought Nathan Rourke was going to be the quarterback mm-hmm. there for a long time. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, all of a sudden they make the change at quarterback. VA comes in and they didn't miss a beat. No, they really haven't. And I think... The thing is, the roster has a lot of depth, and they have a lot of really, really talented skill positions and athletes on that roster. And you saw it last year with Nathan Rourke. He played really well. But with BC, you just got to be a point guard and just distribute the ball to your playmakers and let them do the rest. And we've seen Vernon Adams do that. He hasn't had to go above and beyond and play beyond himself. Um, He just needs to get the ball to his playmakers, Mm -hmm. play some simple football, make smart decisions. And he's done that pretty much every game this year, and they've had a ton of success as a result. 
Uh, text came in a little while ago. There is a celebration for Marco Arope, the new world champion of the 800 meters at the World Track and Field Championship in Budapest a month or so ago. It is tomorrow, 3 o'clock at the Edmonton Expo Centre. Uh, you can sign up to be a part of it at Athletics Alberta website. So um, come celebrate Edmonton's world champion. And wouldn't you know it? We are going to have Marco Arope and his coach, Ron Thompson, in studio at 10 o'clock. Uh, and, I mean, he is an interesting dude. And a quick sidebar, he used to run the 400 meter as well. We, uh, we've we been covering, I've been covering Marco uh, uh, Arope for years. He, you know, came over from Sudan and, um, you know, then went to high school here. And we would go out to the Strathcona track and, mm-hmm. and you know, hook up with him out there. Well... Our old friend Jason Greger once told me that he felt that he could run the 400 meters in 55 seconds. I told Marco Arope this, and he said, not a chance. There isn't one chance that Greger could do this. So, mm-hmm. uh, And that was years ago. There's no possible way. Man, I mean, the 400, eh? the 400 meter is a killer. It is. It is. I, I would love to see Greg Gregor, if you're listening. <laughs> I, I'm holding you to that now. I would love to see it. He should worry about the 40. <laughs> Never mind. Um, text coming in. Uh, Claypool got traded to the Dolphins. Oh. Uh, that must be just. That must be. Uh, just just, like just came across the line. Just I was just, just taking line. a look before we do oh, our okay. top of the hour update cool. here. And it looks like. Uh, yeah, finally getting out of Chicago, obviously falling out of favor and yep. basically just giving them away. They're going to swap uh, sixth and seventh round picks as oh, well wow. in 2025. There you go. Breaking news. Well, where is he going to play there behind Waddle and Hill? Well, the thing about going to Miami, uh, again, we talk about being a, a point mm-hmm. guard. That's what Tua Tagovailoa is doing. He just has to get the ball to the playmakers. Maybe there might be an opportunity for Chase to fit in with this wide receiver group who is having a ton of success. So maybe this might be the place he finally gets to land and do something. Um, here's a post from Irvin Magic Johnson last night that I forgot to bring up with you earlier about the game. Of course, Magic is a part owner of the Washington Commanders. Tonight, the Commanders played with no intensity or fire. We didn't compete in the first half, got down 27-3 heading into halftime. Too big of a hole to climb out of, and that's why we ended up losing 40-20. As a player, do you like when a part owner, but a guy that's won everything in the world mm-hmm. on the basketball court comes out and says that? You know, I'll be honest, you, you're you not really paying too much attention. Okay. Um, you're, you see things and you see paper clippings and you see the headlines. You, you do, but for the most part, players aren't really focusing on that because if you're focusing on those things, your attention is in the wrong spot and you need mm-hmm. to be worried about doing your job. You need to be worried about the locker room. And that's what matters, your film, your craft. all Everything else is outside noise. We're human, so of course we're going to... Pay a little bit of attention, but you can't mm. give that too much life or else your attention is in the wrong area. Hmm. Uh, bravo. Oh, no. Here's uh, one for you, Eddie. Hey, Eddie, afterwards, did you walk her down the sidewalk and treat her to Edmonton's finest Donair shop at Linwood Donair? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did not, but I did parlay it with some flowers from the flower shop right next door. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one-stop shopping in that little strip mall. It's perfect, man. You it's all go, you need. You could, you could go anywhere in there. It's all you need. Oh, man. With the, Mc, some- with the McDonald's right across the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> now that's old lineman for you. Yeah. Oh, you never went there no, after, did you? Yeah. Okay. Know, well, you never know. I, that's cool stuff. 
Um, so what do you make of this trade? I guess a lot of people talking about it on our text line. Um, so Chase Claypool, he's never really gotten on track. I guess, you know, in Pittsburgh, he had those moments. Yeah, he did. He did have a couple of moments. He's big, played at Notre Dame. Yeah. Big time player. I mean, his first year, he, he, he was crazy with the touchdowns. He had like 11 or 12 touchdowns as a rookie. Mm -hmm. Uh, my personal opinion, and for all you wide receivers out there, I love you. But you, you guys are a little bit of a diva, and mm -hmm. I kind of—that's the what his personality really seems to be. Complaining in the media, um, you know, it's never his issue. Just woe is me. Other people are at fault for things. Uh, I'm not. I don't play like that. I mm -hmm. don't buy into that stuff. And just the body language, and I think he's just kind of a diva, and you know that attitude really wears thin on people, hence the reason he's in his third organization already in this short career. Um, and you think about it, and this comes from Adam Schefter just a couple of minutes ago. Both the Bears and Packers offered a second-round pick for Chase Claypool last year. The Steelers ultimately accepted Chicago's offer. Green Bay ended up using their second-round pick to select Michigan State wide receiver Jaden Reed. Mm. Interesting mm -hmm. that the fact that, you know, now that's the route they were going to go is with Claypool. Yeah. Said, ah, maybe too rich. Now we get a young receiver in Reed. Totally. So interesting kind of dynamic uh, with that moving forward. Can a guy maybe, let's just say, okay, Waddle's still a very young receiver. Tyreek mm -hmm. Hill's more of a veteran. Can Tyreek Hill take Clay, uh, Claypool under his wing and say, hey, buddy, smarten up here. Do exactly what you're told, and maybe you can turn things around here? Yeah. The thing about it is, you know, there's veterans in every NFL locker room, and I believe that guys have probably already said that to them. Okay. You know, you're on your third team, so you would think people in Pittsburgh, especially Pittsburgh where – you know, they're a, a franchise where they're kind of no-nonsense. They've had four head coaches in their history, uh, and there's deep, deep history there. Uh, you would think that maybe someone in that organization would get in his ear. And then you go to Chicago. You think a veteran potentially would get in his ear. Now he's in Miami. And the thing about Claypool, which just has people drooling, is, mm -hmm. you know, physically he's just gifted and he's a god, essentially. He's 6'4", Big body, he's as big as a tight end, but as fast as a wide receiver, and everybody wants a piece of that. Mm -hmm. But does the physical abilities line up with the play on field? And so far, it hasn't. Yeah, for sure. Eddie, again, these two hours just fly by with you on Friday mornings. Love it. Uh, enjoy, I guess, tonight. You got a couple games to watch, CFL-wise. Big night, big football night. Uh, what about uh, this weekend? Any plans? Going to enjoy the weather. Of course, you know. Turkey day. Yeah, turkey and me being me, going to slug back a few slices of pie. You know, <laughs> maybe some pie from Bonton. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Bonton. <laughs> I'm going right there after the show. Uh, we're going to have a new advert. Advertiser coming on uh, next week. Uh, so have a great weekend. We'll see you back here next Friday. Thanks, boys. Take care. Yeah, that's our Friday co-host, Eddie Steele. Uh, at the top of the hour, we will check in with Tyson Nash, Arizona Coyotes, Coyotes analyst. Uh, before that, uh, time for a sports update brought to you by Cattail Crossing. Enjoy half-price golf Monday to Thursday. Elevate your game without emptying your wallet. Book your tea time today at cattailcrossing.ca. Here is the Duke.